You're listening to Megiddo Radio. Megiddo Radio is a radio ministry of Megiddo Media. For more, visit our website at megiddoradio.com. That's megiddoradio.com. Good evening, everybody. This is Paul Flynn with Megiddo Radio for Tuesday, the 7th of September, 2021. I had to think of the year there for a second. It's good to be back here again. Um, we missed last week. Apologies for that. Um, I was back a little bit from Scotland, and there was a few things on, and eh, honestly, I was a bit tired and wanted to really focus on uh, the sermon series uh, working on at the start of my graduate placement in Cullibacke Reform Presbyterian Church, really enjoying it so far, uh, preaching through Ezra, Nehemiah, and um, kind of glad I've picked that as a series. Did a bit of work in it a few months ago as well, uh, working on the book of Haggai, so and ask for your prayers in regards to that. Um, been a wonderful time so far, just beginning the work there, but it's uh, it's been excellent so far and I really really enjoyed every minute of it uh, getting to know the people up there now on tonight's program um, oh one more thing as well um, hopefully as well the sermons if you want to listen to the sermons for whatever reason um, sermon audio will have them the ones for Airdrie you're not up yet from what I know um, I have recordings of them anyway just in case um, so in case you want them, you can email me at, uh, what is it? Megiddo radio at gmail.com. And also, yeah, like the sermons go up in sermon audio. Also there's the programs go up in sermon audio and other places as well. So if you're looking for that, um, you can find them there on sermon audio on the Megiddo radio page, or just type in my name, Paul Flynn. So, uh, on tonight's program, we're going to be looking at, a topic I've been, you know, there's a lot of topics over the years I've wanted to cover, uh, and it's the the video I'm going to be critiquing tonight. You could have just there's a lot of different videos you could have critiqued, and it's not a new topic by any stretch of the imagination. But because I think we become almost too used to certain teachings and through certain ministries. Sid Roth, which I'll be looking at later, I've dealt with Sid Roth before, but he's a popular program and he's kind of a, a fairly representative of most of charismaticism, sadly. Um, last time I talked about Sid Roth, I think was a couple of years ago, and if, the last I remember talking about him was when he was speaking positively about Smith Wigglesworth throwing a baby and the baby... I think it hit a wall and was healed. Bizarre. But this is mainstream charismaticism. You might say, oh, it's not mainstream charismaticism. Well, uh, Michael Brown, who I would think is one of the most well-known, Michael is it L. Brown, and he is one of the most well-known, respected, charismatic apologists, you could say. He thinks very highly of Sid Roth, goes on his program, even... A few times I noticed that Michael Brown steps in and does the program for whenever Sid Roth is out. At least a few times I've seen it. Anyway, so I, I keep up with these things. I, I I subscribe to a lot of different things and 99% of it I won't cover. And then I think, okay, this will be educational to cover because sometimes 
you know, people will say, well, what do you mean? Here's an example. And here's a pretty typical example of someone who claims to, he, he, this isn't Sid Roth claiming this now, but he is guessed who he has on this Messianic Jewish rabbi claiming that he died and claiming that he went to heaven and claiming that he's back with a, an urgent message that you must hear and make sure you listen for the ad in the middle of the program because we're going to be selling a book. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's um, now at the same time, one of the reasons I do stuff like this is I know what it's like to be a young Christian and confused by this stuff. And when you're bombarded with this stuff, and I don't mean by television, I know you could say just switch off the television, but when you when you just come across Christians for the first time and you perhaps you're not in the greatest church or whatever, and everybody's coming up to you with an experience or what with this or with that, and it, it it's really pulling you away from the authority of the word of God, the, the written scriptures. And so in that con you, you don't want to be one of those people denying the supernatural work of God. You don't want to be one of those people who and look, I, I believe God heals today and does different things like that, but he doesn't have apostles who he's working through in that sense. God is still almighty and all-powerful. But do we believe every single claim that we hear? And that's, that's what we, we, need, we need a healthy skepticism without becoming people who don't believe in the supernatural. I suppose this is extremes, isn't there, and everything. So before we get into that, we're going to continue our tradition. Not all traditions are bad, I guess. Um, we're going to be reading through Psalm 44, or up to Psalm 44. We're not going to read all of it. We're just going to read from verses 4 down to, just from verses 4 to 8, because we've got quite a bit to get through in our critique of uh, this video by uh, on the Sid Roth It's Supernatural program. and. I think it's very important, and one of the things I've liked since we have begun doing scripture readings and started a program is it anchors us. It anchors us in the truth. This is why we're doing this. This is why we should be doing this. We're not just kind of trying to do it for cheap laughs or look at how terrible they are or anything. This is not, and by God's grace, Hopefully it will be received in the spirit of, well, this is here to help. This is here to help people who perhaps don't know how to respond to this and don't know what to make of this. I'm going to try as well, as much as humanly possible, to avoid any attributing motive to him. I, I, it'll be hard at times, but I'll do my best um, because... You don't know, they, people can be sincere, but what I'm saying is, not that we have to know the motivation of the person who's sharing these claims, but the thing about it is, what do we make of the claims? So Psalm 44, before we get into that, um, we're going to read from verses 4 to 8. Uh, let us hear God's word, and before we do so, we'll, we'll pray to Almighty God. Heavenly Father, we thank you, O Lord, for your mercy and your kindness and your love. And we pray, O oh Lord, as we read your word, that it would it would guide us and, and keep us uh, close to you. And Lord, that we would do all these things uh, for your glory and for the, the benefit of your church to build up your bride, O oh Lord. Help the people who may be confused in this area, that they would not listen to such claims, but they would listen 
to the word of the living God. And that is a more sure word of prophecy. And Lord, may we cling to that and have confidence in that. That Scripture, O Lord, is sufficient. Help us to see these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So Psalm 44, verses 4 to 8. You are my king, O God. Command victories for Jacob. Through you we will push down our enemies. Through your name we will trample those who rise up against us. For I will not trust in my bow, nor shall my sword save me. But you have saved us from our enemies and have put to shame those who hated us. But in God we boast all day long and praise your name forever. Selah. And may the Lord bless the reading of his word. Technical difficulties here. I'm just going to see if I can fix my ear monitor. This isn't the first time this has happened. Hopefully this isn't broken for good. Now, yay, that should do it. So let's see if every, yay, everything's working. That's great. So again, what we, we, we normally do in the program, if you were listening through YouTube, let us know where you're listening from. That would be amazing. Um, and also, if if there are any technical difficulties or if there are any questions that arise in your minds, feel free to ask. Again, don't be... Look, I've, I've spent most of my Christian life... I haven't been a Christian in some ways that long. I've been Christian since 2009. But most of my Christian life, I've been reading... I've read the books which claim these things. A lot of, I've had a, a whole section in my library which is basically stuff where um <laughs> it's not the greatest stuff and um i was always kind of a person that had an open mind and i had friends of mine uh years ago who come to me with these claims it was one of the things that drove me to look into this i didn't want to dismiss something if it's from god i want to receive it but then it was like, but how do I know it's true? How do I know that this claim is true? I believe the word. The Lord had changed my heart. I believe the word. What does the word say about these things? And hopefully by God's grace, we'll be helped in these areas. So we're going to go straight into this because we've got a lot to get through. It's a 25-minute program. Let's head over to this screen and let's start playing. This is Sid Roth. This is from about a month ago now at this point. The video is called, I Died and Came Back with an Urgent Message from Jesus. My guest died of a heart attack. He knows what happens when you die, the whole process. Now he knows what heaven is like. And he returned physically healed with an urgent message for us, for you. Next. Now, okay, just, you hear these claims, and right off the bat, you have to think, what benefit is this to the church? How do we know that this actually comes from God? Because God's not the author of confusion. Any message that has ever come from God, whether it's the time of Moses, the time of the prophets, whether it's 
whatever message it is, it is clear it's coming from God and has been authenticated. The We have in Scripture, and we know that the Apostle Paul was raised up to the third heaven, paradise, because the Scripture tells us. We know from Isaiah, he had heavenly visions. We know from John in the book of Revelation. We know from Ezekiel, that experience that he had and things like that. We know these things because the Word of God tells us. They're not just someone claiming to have a message from God. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 tells us, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for reproof, for instruction, and righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, or mature, or complete, thoroughly furnished, or thoroughly furnished, unto all good works. The sufficiency of scripture. And if there's these extra messages kind of popping up, well, is scripture really sufficient anymore? There's an urgent message. Is it urgent? Is it not in the scriptures? So if there are, you know, people talk about modern day prophets, huh? there are modern day prophets in one sense. And this is the sense in which there's modern day prophets. There is preachers called by God who will preach the word of God based upon the word of God and proclaim that. Not exactly the same way that they're called in the Old Testament as in the New, but at the same time, they are forthtelling the truth. You know, the word prophecy has a wide range of meaning it can be predict, yeah, it can mean predict the future, but it's not so much in predict the future, it's stating the truth. And often when we read that, it's truth about the future. This will happen. But it can also be used in forth telling the truth in terms of worship. Sometimes it's used in terms of worship. In places like First Corinthians chapter 11 even talks about in terms of worship. So, um, yeah. You have to be not skeptical of the Bible, but skeptical of other claims. All I'm saying is, don't just say, oh, well, that must be Sid Roth. Well, then again, then Sid Roth is your authority. If a preacher, and he may be a great preacher at other times, if he comes and the message isn't based upon the word of God, it's not coming with any real authority. And you're not to receive it. There are authenticating signs and wonders. It was what happened with the Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul was um, challenged in 2 Corinthians with his apostleship. And he gave evidence that he was an apostle in various parts of that letter to the Corinthians. So that it's based upon that we accept the claims. And it's part of canon of scripture now, but we don't just accept it based upon someone says. Well, then that person has become your authority, not the word of God anymore. I've never had this happen before. 
a Messianic Jewish rabbi, uh, Rabbi Halpern. I'll tell you, Felix, I've never had anyone call me up and say, Sid, I have an angel here right now. That, that, isn't, that wasn't a norm before uh, that medical mistake occurred. Tell me By, about that. Okay. I had people ringing me years ago um, when I used to not live in this part of the island of Ireland who would, I remember one time, one specific morning, waking up in the morning, eight o'clock in the morning, tired, answering the phone. And a guy was, had claimed to have a dream about me and all sorts of other claims. Are these people prophets in the Old Testament sense? What specific message do they have? Is it the word of the living God? And how do we know that it is? Over and over again, whenever you hear this, you have to be, at the very least, you don't just accept it, but take biblical parameters and test it. And virtually all of the time, their claims to prophecies and all that, they're false. And if they do come to pass, they're so vague. They're so vague. You could drive a, you could drive a truck through it. So. By no means. <laughs> uh, to, be a, to go through the process of dying from a medical mistake, uh, consuming seven and a half months of medication in 29 days. That's quite a mistake. Thrust my... I looked for confirmation online. I mean, is there any medical records that says this guy was declared dead or anything else like that? No, but have you ever seen evidence? Uh, I've heard of stories in third world countries where there's no records or no anything. Again, there's never any evidence for it, you just have to take the word for it, of course. Body for one month into a toxic state, which doctors called an inner storm. And the final week, things began to accelerate where my body was on fire, my chest was in pain, my back, every muscle was hurting, and all had typical signs of a heart attack. But for some reason, I just think, I kept thinking that it would go away. Uh, until one night uh, was the worst night of... Now, it's possible some of this story could be true. I try to give the benefit of the doubt, but there's two possibilities. The guy is just making it all up. Or he's delusional. And he may have gone through some psycho... Well, not even delusional. Actually, it could even be demonic or something like that. There, there's also other possibilities as well. It might be just a complete deception. He may believe it is something, but it's not. It's not what he thinks. And he's being led away by a certain spiritual experience. I believe things like that can happen, and they do happen. You hear some strange stories. Think about it is, when you come to these kind of the spiritual realm of all, all of all the things you talk about. We don't understand it. And the only way we can understand it is through the word of God. We can't go with subjective stories and some subjective experiences. People claim to have, you know, near-death experiences and people claimed, you know, during 
Um, you know, they're given drugs during operations and they have all different types of stuff. They don't know. There are times, you know, when people take drugs and do different things and dabble in excess alcohol and everything else like that, they can have some weird experiences. But we don't completely understand that apart from the word of God, apart from the written word of God. There's a whole thing beyond what we can see. And we are limited and we are not able, especially in our sinful state, to deal with such things. So it's possible that this man is completely sincere but completely wrong. And thinks he sees something and thinks he is something and thinks he's experienced something. And it could be, you know, you go through some horrible times and you always hear these horrendous stories, you know, car crash, whatever, and whatever else happens that somebody has some sort of psychotic break or something akin to that. Or it may be a mixture of categories, something that is a some kind of spiritual deception and some kind of a mental break or, you know, mixture. We don't know. He may not even know. But it changes little. I think there's a lot of people who are in the charismatic movement are sincere. They're not going up in the morning, rubbing their hands together and saying, ah, I'm going to get these people and their money. No but they're wide open to subjective experiences and their authority has become their feelings. And whatever strong emotional experience that they have, we test all things against the word of God. Our experiences, it's not that they're not important. We have experiences as Christians. We have experiences of joy, of peace, after we come to Christ, we have legitimate experiences. And I'm not saying we don't want an experienceless Christianity. Don't please don't misunderstand me. We will experience lows as Christians. We will experience highs as Christians. But they're always to be tested against the Word of God. Whatever experience we have and guided by the word of God. And if whatever we claim to experience is in contradiction to the word of God, we reject our experience because we're fallen creatures. This is why we need to be in the word of God daily and to love the teaching of God, to love his word, to love his instruction. Otherwise, this is what happens in the charismatic movement. They take scripture and they use it as a kind of a, a launching pad to go off into their experiences. And some of them have drug paths, some of them all sorts of paths and use it to get some kind of a spiritual high. Rather than being content with the word of God. And again, I'm not saying that there aren't there times of extreme bliss and you're on your knees and that's wonderful. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to take away anyone's zeal who has been directed by the word of God. But at the same time, we are to be directed by the word of God. Wouldn't take any more pain. At 3 a.m., I go down to the living room, and my heart stopped. It had too much. And in an instant, in an instant, actually, 
in the twinkling of an eye, which is only a third of a second, like that. My soul stepped out of my body. It began to rise in the spiritual realm. And at one point, I could see my body on the couch, lifeless. An angel came as I'm lying horizontally in the spiritual realm. Prove it. You could say anything. You could say, this morning, I levitated across the room. I... I can jump 50 feet in the air. What's there to authenticate it? What's there to confirm it? What's there to... Um, the end of Mark 16, it talks about signs and wonders to authenticate the word of God. We just have to take your word for it. But again, I suppose... If you believe stories like, and this is something that Sid Roth promoted before, that Smith Rigglesworth, a very well-respected person within the charismatic movement, a very dangerous person as well, by the way, uh, who seems to have influenced people like Todd Bentley. This is kind of why um, I think people were so slow to condemn him in the past. But anyway, but of throwing a baby against the wall and being healed. I did a video on that. I was, if you just type in into YouTube, Justin Peters was on the program a couple of years ago. I think it was 2018, March 2018, I think it was. And we talked about that. And there's a separate video I actually have on that. But they just believe that. They believe a story. And you see, not horror in the faces when they share such a horrific story. It's a story, everybody's clapping their hands. A number of years ago, Michael Brown, again, he's a charismatic. He's he's a guy, claims to be the guy cleaning up everything. He, he wrote a book called, I'm trying to look at it there in the corner of my eye, Playing with Holy Fire, a book I critiqued a number of years ago. And um, he thinks very highly of Sid Roth. Also, a number of years ago, I think it was 2018 as well, he wrote an article, I haven't been keeping up with Michael Brown for a couple of years now, but he wrote an article about the gullibility of the charismatic movement. If you don't test everything against the word of God and you're open to every experience, you'll, you'll accept everything. Everything. And you always have to ask yourself, why should I ex why should I receive not even just the experiences of others, even my own experience, even if it is in contradiction to the word of God. If it is in contradiction to the word of God, we're no longer. We'll have a religion of self-experience, self, self, you know, highs and all that kind of stuff. That is dangerous. That is dangerous. And he's moving his hand on me. I could... I could see his body, powerful, with authority. And in the right side of my uh, vision, where I was lying down in the spiritual realms, again, I stress, was a white light, a distant light through a tunnel-like uh, tube, if you will, or a tunnel. In this process, were you fearful at all? When death took place, all the nights... And these accounts seem to be very, very similar to each other, going towards white light and everything else. And um, yeah, you know, 
very, very similar to each other. You know, all the months was gone, but there was an incredible peace and joy, and there was absolutely no fear. But then the journey continued. And the next thing I knew that I was before the throne of heaven. Just want to share with you a quote from John MacArthur. You wrote this article a number of years ago when a book called Is Heaven for Real came out. Um, I think a young boy was it claimed to have gone to heaven and came back and it was quite a popular book. Quite a popular book. Um, a lot of people are open to this kind of stuff. And do you know what? I, can I say this? You'll be surprised who's open to it. There may be people in your church who won't talk about it, but they're very open to it. And they need to be taught that where they're not to be open to it. Our authorities, the, the scriptures, once again. Now, John MacArthur said this in his article. It was published in Answers in Genesis. Our visitors... Our visits to heaven for real. He said this, and this kind of fits in well with um, that comment that was made a second ago there. We live, MacArthur wrote, we live in a narcissistic culture and it shows in these counts of people who claim they've been to heaven. They sound as if they view, viewed paradise in a mirror, keeping themselves in the foreground. They saw comparatively little about God or his glory, but the glory of God is what the Bible says fills, illuminates, and defines heaven. Instead, the authors of these stories seem obsessed with details of how good they felt, how peaceful, how happy, how comfortable they were, how they received privileges and accolades, how fun and enlightening their experience was, and how many things they, they think they now understand perfectly that could never be gleaned from Scripture alone. In short, they glorify self while barely noticing God's glory. They highlight everything but what's truly important about heaven. That's what John MacArthur said, and they largely agree with it. And um, one of the hard things to do about these kind of critiques is you're largely doing the same thing over and over again, which is this, pointing out that there's no good reason to believe these stories. And if anything, when you examine them, there's reasons not to believe them. Now, I'm going to give this gentleman the benefit of the doubt, don't know much about him, but Sid Roth peddles every single theory. It's very hard. I, so many of these men, and it's like, hey, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. Again, maybe the self-deception goes to such a degree they think they're doing God's work by getting rich. You know, where does the sincerity, the self-deceived sincerity and the charlatanism, where does it cross? Where is it? Is it the kind of a gray area in between? But make no mistake about it, the, the, this movement, because of this subjectivity, because this lack of a, a clear authority, such as the scriptures, most, most of the time, means it is rife for peddlers of views like this. And people love it. It gives them attention. Everybody thinks they're special. Um, 
we've got to be careful when we got we have a story that everybody wants to listen to. I remember years like like I've got a pretty dramatic and off testimony of how the Lord changed me. It's very evident. But everybody's got a, an amazing testimony. If you've been saved, if you're born again to the Spirit of God, even if you were, even if you can't remember when you were a child, when you actually trusted in Jesus for the first time, it's an amazing testimony because you're a sinner and God has saved you. Now, of course, yeah, we all want to have that experience of the road to Damascus kind of thing of radical change. But we don't all have that, but they're all still special. They're all just as precious. I suppose we also have to remember this joy in the presence of angels over one sinner that repenteth. But I have to be careful too. Sometimes that I can make a big thing about, look, I was dabbling into... I was beginning a journey into Satanism when I when I got saved. A few months before I got saved, I, I had an upside-down cross around my neck, which is sometimes people just do it to be rebellious. And But through the music I was listening to, some of it was black metal, some of it was different things like that, I was going in that direction. And had I not been saved at that point, who knows where it, where it had been a year or two later. I I more and more believed in the ideology. There was there were in in the, in the early to mid nineteen nineties there were stories coming out from Norway about church burnings that were taking place from band members of this type of music that was just mentioned a second ago, and they burnt down the churches and and it was a significant enough section of the metal community that was positive towards that. And I wasn't major opposition either. So, yeah, you could big up that and get on a charismatic TV program and they're all like, wow, look how... And then... And, you know, it's such an emotional high roller coaster being changed from being into that stuff to being set free. So a lot of people with backgrounds like me end up on the charismatic movement. And then they can tell their testimony and then it all becomes about the testimony, the testimony, the testimony. And I'm not saying that there's no place for a testimony. But we, we use it with wisdom and we point towards Christ. We don't make it all about us. There's a temptation with our stories if they're so interested that it all becomes, the attention sadly kind of focuses on us and we don't want to do that we want to do that as little as possible let's get back to our critique we've only got three minutes into it oh seriously <laughs> what did you see <clears throat> a ring of fire uh, you're feeling emotion right now why when i came before the throne and I get emotional with that too, because you're before the throne. A ring of fire encircles the throne, ripples of fire and ripples of glory with depth. With protecting the throne. 
And I immediately went down upon my face. I remember covering my eyes because I could not stand the glory, the brilliance, the fire. I had to cover my eyes. To this day, when I'm in the presence of God and I come into his glory and I'm worshiping, it's common for me to cover my eyes now. But I, I sat, I, I lied before the throne of God. I saw the throne, I saw the feet of our Lord and the throne rested on a crystal sea, a crystal firmament that separated the third heaven from the lower heavens. And so as I'm in heaven, just something to pay attention to. Any time that there is accuracy in this, it's nothing that you couldn't have got from the Word of God. So where's the urgent message? I was by a river. The river flowed, it seemed, from the throne. And I don't know to where it went, but it was flowing. What was remarkable was the waters of the river were so crystal clear clearer than any water that I would imagine that if I can go to some highest mountain point on the earth and see water running down the stream, it would not be as clear. The water seemed to be life-giving in its natural state. And under the river, the riverbed, sparkling gemstones, minerals, semi-precious, precious stones that had a glow and a sparkle to them, uh, diamonds and rubies and emeralds, everything in its perfect state. There's life in the air. There's life everywhere. Everything is life-giving. Everything has a natural rhythm to it by the Creator. So, okay, so let's, um, let's think about this for a second. So, again, there's... A lot of details given in these accounts and whether they believe, actually believe that they've actually happened or not, that's, it's hard to know sometimes, but, uh, we have a comment in, in the chat, which says faith is necessary, is a necessary ingredient. If we are looking for evidence, we lack faith. Um, I would say this faith in what? Faith in what? Faith in the scriptures, faith in Christ, or faith in extra biblical accounts that we have no way of confirming. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. What is that? The start of is it Hebrews chapter 11. Faith is not some blind jump in the dark. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. And and I, and I always say, when I talk to different people um, about faith and what faith is, faith in what? Because if we have faith in the scriptures, and it gives us all we need, and it is thoroughly equipped unto every good work. And then there's other accounts, sometimes contradicting, either contradicting the scriptures or just telling you things that are in the scriptures anyway. Really not adding anything. <laughs> to which you would say, well, what really is the point? 
is it adding to the scripture? Is it, do we not understand it until 2021, until this guy had his supposed experience? We have to, we have to have our trust in Christ, who is the word of God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, the Logos. And he taught, he taught extensively when he was upon the earth. We have the writings of the prophets. We have the writings of the Pentateuch. We have the writings of the Apostle Paul. We have the writings of the Apostle John. We have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We have all these things. And we have to ask ourselves, are we saying that the foundation of that temple, which is the foundation of the, the apostles and the prophets, is that teaching, is that being added to over time? The apostles needed authenticating signs. They, the apostles had to have seen the Lord Jesus Christ. They had to do signs, miracles, and wonders to show that they were instruments of divine truth. And they did things that were not normative. They did things that were not normal. They were, you see, when we read in the scriptures, it would be a mistake to think that from the time of Moses or from whenever to the time of the apostles, that there's always been these miracles. There hasn't been. That's why they were special. That's why the son of David, the Lord Jesus Christ, was different. That's why when Elijah and Elisha were on the earth and they did their signs, gifts, miracles, wonders, they were different. Showing that there were God's messenger without a shadow of a doubt. Moses couldn't just walk up to, to the, the children of Israel and just say, hey, I'm on this. He showed by signs using the staff it turned into a snake and different things like that. And he showed his power. The power was shown. God showed it using, you know, Moses and Aaron that they were instruments through which he showed his power over the kings of the earth. But there was no mistaking where the source of that was coming from. And it wasn't just somebody coming out, hey, I've had this experience. Why should we believe you? There's no particular reason. There's none of that in the scriptures. Either the office has been authenticated or the message has. It, it isn't just some random thing or some random person. It's very, very clear. Something that other people outside of him and outside of his experience, I'm not denying experience with some credible experience in the Old Testament, but they were authenticated by other things external to him, whoever the person, whoever the message of the truth was. Let's get back to our how, how free did you feel? I felt like a bird that had just taken flight for the first time. 
I imagine a bird that leaves the house, the birdhouse, and it's the first time he fe the bird feels the wing, the wind under its wings and takes flight. I felt what it feels like in the incorruptible state to have no resistance, to move through air, no earthly boundaries whatsoever. All right, let me take you now. You, when you were sent back, you went back to your body. Was there any pain in that process? Any but, fear in that process? No, but the moment it was time for God to breathe life back into me, a rush of wind came out of nowhere. I'm in my, keep in mind, I'm in my family room. A rush of wind entered through my nostrils and mouth, went down into the deepest recesses of my lungs, threw my head back. I took a gasp of breath, like <gasps> coming out of uh, being underwater and you have your last breath, otherwise you'll drown. I broke and took a deep breath and my head was jolted backward. And when it happened, I shook my head like this. I said, what in the world just happened? And then I realized what happened. The Lord had brought me back to life. After you came back to life, you got your final doctor's report. Again, it's just the entirety of it is just like, why, 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 why? Rather than looking at the scriptures. Now, there are some few exceptions here and there. People who can carry it away have never died. But it is appointed to man once to die, and then the judgment. That's the norm. If you would believe the charismatic movement, lots and lots of people have had these experiences. Let's look at a few scripture verses that should just make us think, is this really the best thing for us to be listening to? The eye hath not, the, the, it hath not entered the heart of man, the things which God hath prepared for them that loved him. That's 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. And then in, in 2 Corinthians, chapter 12, first few verses. I'll just grab it actually there. Paul couldn't even mention, it wasn't even lawful for him to mention what he had seen. Where does it have it there? 2 Corinthians, chapter 12. And this is in his defending his apostleship against people who's saying he's not. And it is it is doubtless, doubtless, he said, this is the Apostle Paul writing under the inspiration of the Spirit of God. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. It is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man, he speaks of the third person of himself there, in Christ, who 14 years ago, whether in the body, I do not know, or whether out of the body, I do not know. God knows such a one was caught up in the third heaven. There's something interesting there. He kind of does, doesn't exp doesn't believe, oh, I know everything or all this kind of stuff. He says, I don't know. God knows. Verse 3, I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. How he was caught up into paradise and, and heard in inexpressible words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter of such a one, I will boast yet of myself. I will not boast except in my infirmities. 
For, for though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool. For I will speak the truth, but I refrain, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hears from me. Just grab quickly there Charles Hodge's commentary on this. And I saw a good quote here a second ago. Um, commenting on, which is not lawful for a man to utter, the communications Hodge wrote, made to the apostles, he was not allowed to make known to others. The veil which conceals the, myster- the mysteries and glories of heaven, God has not permitted to be raised. It is enough that we know that in that world, the saints shall be made perfectly holy and perfectly blessed in the full enjoyment of God forever. That's, we, we know enough this side of eternity. And over and over again, you've got to ask yourself, if you're somebody who believes these accounts, you have to ask yourself, the burden of proof is on you, by the way, why you believe these accounts and what benefit, what benefit are these accounts to the church? How do they help? How does it help if everyone is getting a word from God? How does it help with unity? How does it help with discernment? How does it help with any of these things? You have to ask yourself that. If you have a multitude of voices in a room, right? Imagine this. There's three or four people in a room. And they're all talking. They're all talking over each other. And that's kind of what's happened in much of the charismatic movement, that there is all these voices. I got this voice, I got this this dream, I got this. And it's crowding out this noise of voices that they don't know where it comes from, is crowding out, is like weeds blocking out the light, is getting in the way of us focusing on the word of God. And missing out on wonderful, godly experiences, experiences of joy, experiences of contentment, experiences of being filled with the Spirit of God. And it's not what the charismatic, that leads more and more towards stuff like new age spirituality of various kinds. Just to go back to John MacArthur's uh, article that he wrote there in Answers in Genesis a number of years ago. Stories like Colton's, that's Is Heaven for Real, that book that came out um, was it eight years ago now at this point? He says, are dangerous as they are seductive. Readers not only get a twisted unbiblical picture of heaven, they also imbibe a subjective, superstitious, shallow brand of spirituality. Studying mystical accounts of supposed journeys into the afterlife yields nothing but confusion, contradiction, false hope, bad doctrine, and a host of similar evils. So say you don't get a bad theology from one account and you read and go, hmm, that's... you become more and more desensitized and more and more primed and ready for the next fraudulent account. What did they say about your health and your heart condition, (laughs) everything? The doctor said to me, I don't know what to make of your blood work, 
but at a 68-year-old man, you have the blood work of a young stag. <laughs> I don't know, what's the message? I can't wait till we get to heaven, so, but we have work to do here. I know you're more than ready for us. Um, by the way, this, this young stag is going to die one day, just like all of us, so. Felix's urgent message, he was sent back to give you. Be right back. Felix Halpern's brand new. Well, here we go. Yeah, there's a book to be bought. There's um, <laughs> there's something to be peddled. There always is. Anointed book: A Rabbi's Journey to Heaven, and his powerful two-part audio CD teaching series, Heaven and Beyond, plus a free bonus digital download of the gift God gave him. The 30-Day Heaven Soul Cleanse. Supernaturally renew your soul, spirit, and body. It's an exclusive package. If you believe such accounts, okay, just say you believe such accounts, well, you get something from him, something spiritually from him you can't get from the Word of God. Clearly. And this is why there's kind of cult-like followings towards various people in the charismatic movement who have such claims like this, whether they're sincere or not, whether they're whatever or not, whatever whatever the reason is for their claims, whether they're self-deceived or whatever the case may be, it all becomes about the man. It all becomes about the revelations he gets. And if you want to be the center of attention, you've got to be having these things happen, your dreams and all this kind of stuff. I mean, if you are open to this dream stuff, you, I tell you, you know, like, I don't know about you, but, you know, if I think of my, my dreams and stuff, I, my dreams are all over the place. You meant to try, yes, there were supernatural dreams that are very clear to people and all that kind of, and I don't really know what they were exactly like. But at the same time, I couldn't make head nor tails of my dreams. You could interpret it any way you like, depending on how you're emotionally biased towards whatever direction you are. So you can find confirmation based upon your subjective experience to whatever direction you want to go. And what will be steering you is not scripture in such a situation. It will be you, your heart, your foolish heart. That was why back in, was it 2011, 2012, I put out a movie called Of Chaos Confusion in Modern Church. Um, it's still an okay movie. There's some foibles, I suppose. That's always going to happen, you know, when a, you got a book or you got a movie that's 10 years old now at this point. It's it's on online. I'm not selling it. I don't have an ad halfway through. <laughs> it's on YouTube and you can watch it for free. Um, yeah, I suppose watch it with the sermon. Most, not everybody would endorse on there anymore or whatever. But, um, a lot of it was about the, the charismatic movement because it went away from Sola Scriptura largely is um, chaos and confusion. And so influenced by these things, these things that have gone beyond, by the way, just the charismatic movement, even you get professing reform churches believing these things. So this isn't just a thing for the kind of the crazy, wacky. Church. You'll get good churches, right? And there'll be a pocket of people perhaps at times, who will be very, very open to this kind of stuff. 
But I tell you, usually where the teaching is quite good, the, the pocket is smaller and smaller. If you've got a large pocket of them believing it, then the teaching isn't usually the best. Yeah, I agree. Um, Isabella just saying it's all a scam. Yeah, Sid Roth's program, be, beginning, middle and end is just scam. Um, there's other people, there, there's other people, he just, there's just like a who's who of, if there's money to be made from some thing to peddle, they are there like flies swarming around sweets or something. I, I just, if, yeah, it's the same people. It's the same people over and over again. But if there's some people like the other guy, the supposed, you know, rabbi, whatever, um, try to give benefit of doubt. And there are some, I do believe that there are some sincere people, self-deceived, whatever the case may be. Um, and people who let out of that stuff. There's people who used to believe stuff like this and have gone on and become reformed wonderfully. And so that's my hope. I'm not saying like, Hey, come follow our church. We're, we're brilliant. We're fantastic and everything. And that's not my point. But my point is that you would come away from believing every single voice out there, be it the internet, be it whatever, be it even voices in your own church coming to you saying, I had this dream and all that. There are churches like that. And you are going to the scriptures to, to test all things. And, this, and the Canada scriptures closed. We have the complete, we have the more sure word of prophecy. We're not guessing. We're not searching for spirits that peep and mutter. We are, we've got the clear word of God that has been preserved and kept pure through every generation of the church. So that's what I'm hoping you'll take away from this. That you'll, if you do believe these claims and you are open to this stuff, that you'll be dragged away from the subjective and you'll, test the this, this subjective by the objective what is confirmed the, the scriptures and that yes you will have a Christianity filled with wonderful experience but not this experience experience of joy and peace that comes from knowing the Lord through his teachings not through some mystical high and unless you've grown in the Lord you know sometimes through bad teachings some Christians can go into a very, very dark places. The false promises of the charismatic movement can just lead to massive, massive disappointment and sadness and depression and everything else. But there's proper joy and peace with as we grow in our knowledge of Christ, as we move away from sin, where none of us are perfect, but as we grow away from sin and become more holy, as we we will also become more joyful and want the things of God more and more. And also realizing that what we have on this side of eternity is but a taste of the glory to come. We look forward to the fullness of that glory in the world to come. For our It's Supernatural audience, yours for a donation of $29, shipping and handling is included. Ask for... 
Yeah, they're all um, a donation of 29. Very, very specific number for a donation. Anyway, let's get back to the main program. And you will be irresistible to the glory of God descending upon you. Get ready to be filled with the glory of God. Don't miss out on getting Rabbi Felix Alpern's brand new anointed book, A Rep. Okay, I thought that was the end of the ads, but yeah, you don't want to miss out, do you? Because it sounds like, you know, you know, this is an amazing offer. Otherwise, you can't get what? You can't get what? Now return to It's Supernatural. Three days, Rabbi Halpern, after you returned from dying, going to heaven, coming back into your body, being given a perfect body from a very imperfect body that went up to heaven. Any, is there any medical objective verifiable anything on this? Now, again, there are times when genuine Christians, well, just Christians in general, pray for somebody, they might not even necessarily be Christian, and the person is healed. And it's a head scratcher. I'm not saying that that can't happen, by the way. It, it does happen. It's just not kind of, um, again, through a person doing signs, miracles, and gifts, you know, and wonders. But there's nothing to stop God from healing miraculously. Do you see the difference? You, In order to see a supernatural God, and God is powerful, because... You know, otherwise, if somebody's got, like, stage 4 cancer, and it looks like the doctors say, oh, he's going to die. Well, if you kind of become so reactionary against the charismatic movement, and that's, that's a danger too, by the way, then you're just, you'd be like, why even pray? Because we believe that God can heal. We're not promised that we'll definitely be healed. Maybe it's the person's time or whatever. We pray knowing. So if you know somebody in your life and, and the doctors, they have no hope, they do. Now, the ultimate best hope they can ever have is in Christ Jesus. But the Lord can heal people who look like they were going to die. And the medical science is going, ah, I don't know how that was possible. The danger is, though, here's the danger. Yes, God can do it, and he does do it today. He's been doing a lot for a lot, thousands of years, okay? The danger is you say to somebody, I'll just have enough faith, and I'll definitely be healed. Huh? No. <laughs> that's, a, that's not a promise that God has ever made to you. You will one day die. And you'll stand either in your own filthy rags or in the righteousness of Christ. So don't attribute promises that God has never made you to God. It's actually a violation of the third commandment. Because it's easy to become bitter if that you think that God promised something and then it never happens you're just gonna become bitter against god and god has never promised you that death is, death is an enemy and we will one day die but god can heal but we are fallen creatures we can't just think oh, well if i have enough faith i'll i'll get through it 
eventually you're not. Take that to its logical conclusion. If you're not faith, you'll live forever. You'll never ever die. So don't make sure, or always make sure you are believing the promises God has made, but you're not believing the promises he never made to you. I remember, this is before I was a Christian, but I always like, I think I, as a young, I was a Roman Catholic, and I wasn't a Christian, I wasn't saved, but I always thought that if I went to Catholic Mass every Sunday and did a few things, you know, God will take care of me. It's the way I used to think. And then when bad things happened, I remember being 16 years old, fell off a bike, knocked out most of my front teeth. Um, pretty traumatic experience, you could say. And that was something that made me incredibly bitter against God. He never promised me an easy life. And I never really saw myself as a sinner properly. And it's easy, even as in our converted, even if we're converted, to become bitter against God because, well, why did this happen? Again, does he promise you an easy life? He doesn't. He promises you a cross to die on daily. That's what he promises. And he promises that you'll be persecuted. And blessed are you if the world speaks all manner of evil against you. He promises. If, the, if you're persecuted and you're walking the narrow way, the, the difficult road, then you're on the road that leads unto life. If you're living an easy life and your life is easy, broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many there be that go thereat. He promises you hardship. I suppose in one way I put it like this. If a friend, a friend of mine said a couple of years ago to me, um, there's a sense in which when you get saved, your, your problems have just begun. Because the devil and hell and everything else you are now, you've now changed allegiance. You've now gone from the seed of the serpent over to the seed of the woman. Genesis 3.15. There's a war going on. Be sure you're trusting in the promises God has made and not false ones that you've made up in your head. God revealed something that I am, I'm more excited about this than even his heaven experience. What did God tell you about the Psalms? My heart was trying to discover what my new life. I'm just going to summarize what, he's, what he said. You can watch it in your own time if you want, um, <laughs> if you can endure it. Um, so I died and came back with an urgent message from Jesus. That's the title. Uh, and you can find it on Sid Roth's YouTube channel. It's pretty easy to find on YouTube. Just to summarize, he believes he got some message from heaven that you spent 80% of the time in um, the, the glorious Psalms and then you you don't ask for things. You, you spend most of your time praising and all this kind of stuff. Look, any teaching to have authority must come and must be based on upon the word of God. And the question for you is, is 
are the scriptures enough? And if the scriptures are enough, if the scriptures are enough, why, if you are open to this kind of stuff, why are you open to this stuff? If the scriptures are enough. And this does not limit God's power to heal or do wonderful things. He does. He does. He saves people. He brings them from slavery to sin to being servants of Almighty God. He gives people new hearts. He does amazing things today, today, in 2021. But the problem with the charismatic movement is it doesn't make God more powerful. It doesn't. It attributes false promises to him. And then many people are disappointed for things that God has never promised in the first place. It's been Paul Flynn. Talk to you again soon.